You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Field, ball was 37 yard line, 36 maybe. Air Jordan Love play action. Christian Watson, he gets it 45, 40, 30, 25, 20, 10, 15. And that's going to be a freaking touchdown. Jordan Love to Christian Watson. The future, you just took a little glimpse of it because you're going to see a lot of that going forward, baby. Oh my goodness. We didn't have to wait long to see Jordan Love to Christian Watson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packer Net Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, um, I don't know, man. On one hand, that defense is as bad as any defense I've seen the Packers put on a football field. Um... I don't think there's any doubt Joe Barry needs to go. I don't think there's really any excuse at this point. Even if 75% of the problems are execution, I am now putting that entirely on Joe Barry. Your guys aren't playing. They don't know what they're doing. They're confused. They're lost. That shouldn't be happening. But on the other hand, in a year in which 30 points is just not a thing you see at all, the Packers have now done it twice in two weeks. And that's with a quarterback with a busted up thumb that ended up going out and having a uh, apparently garbage castaway quarterback come in and replace him. And so I'll, I'll say, I'll repeat essentially what I said yesterday, and that is you can, I think that the general optimism right now is that you can see a path. You get a new defensive coordinator to shore up the defense. We're not talking top five necessarily, although that would be nice. We're talking competent. Similar to what we said about special teams last year. If you could just kind of turn a little bit of a and, and and they did. They got a special teams coordinator and yeah, there's still issues and there's block kicks and there's nonsense. But things are clearly improving. Clearly improving. That's what we need on defense. And then you look at offense and again, we're we're humming. The biggest question right now is is Jordan Love because I know the the hype train is going on Jordan um, you know how I am. I, I usually say the opposite of what everybody else is saying. And so while I've been very anti anybody saying Jordan Love is trash because we don't know, I'm kind of now sitting here saying I'm real happy with what he did, but it was a handful of throws. Granted, it was a handful of throws coming in completely cold, hasn't played in like a year, and um, comes in in the fourth quarter when we're down by 14 points, which is a horrible situation against arguably the best team in, in uh, all of football. But still, we don't know for sure. But the thing that I really liked about Jordan Love is that from the pro-Jordan Love camp, the general sentiment, and I've said this as well, is the things that Rodgers is doing wrong, largely, not just talking about some wobbly passes, we're talking about not seeing and throwing two open guys. We don't need Jordan Love to be an elite quarterback to be able to do that. And some of the people that are already coming down on Jordan Love are like, oh, wow, he threw a 10-yard pass to a guy that ran for 56 yards, whoop-de-doo. But exactly, that's what we need, largely. Now, of course, a guy that makes really good decisions, 
and can throw the ball accurately like the throw to Aaron Jones, which was beautiful. But ultimately, we've seen that this offense can operate if you can just find the open guy and throw an accurate pass to him. And I think that concept proved itself out. Jordan Love simply was a guy, and this is what I've said about um, Jalen Hurts. He's got some mobility, but beyond that, he, he's he's operating with a really strong run game, a really good offensive line. He's got time in the pocket. He's got great wide receivers. And so his his job is to stand in the pocket and throw to the open guy. And if there isn't one, you can take off and run. If there's something there, if not, throw the ball away, I guess. But it's it's simplistic, and he's able to do it. And 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 I think that's been the big thing with Jordan Love and Rodgers, with Everything you look at and go, yeah, but could Jordan do this? No matter what that thing is, you look at it and go, I don't think Rodgers can do that. I mean, the announcers, and, and they keep talking about Rodgers like this is 2020 Rodgers or, or last year's Rodgers, I guess, the way that they talk about him. When Jordan Love took over, one of the things the announcer said was, you know, if Rodgers is in this game, you feel good about his ability to lead a comeback. But with Love, yeah, do you, though? Did anybody feel good about Rodgers being able to, to lead a comeback? I didn't. No way. We ha- we have not seen that Aaron Rodgers magic all season. So so that is largely the point. It's it's one thing if you know a lot of people have been dogging Jordan Love because he's a first round pick and he hasn't played. Well, duh. We have Aaron freaking Rodgers at quarterback. It doesn't matter how good Jordan Love is. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. The point is though. Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers. Even if we want to nitpick, hey, that was a good throw. That was kind of a little off, but it was fine. Fine, but where are the exceptional plays that that nobody's making? Right, because the throws that Aaron Rodgers makes that are great are, are fine, but Justin Fields fans are doing that. Zach Wilson is making throws, right? Everybody has a couple really nice throws. That's That doesn't mean anything, right? It's It's the... The things that you do that nobody else can do, that's what makes Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers. It's that, it's consistency, it's its the ability to lead that two-minute comeback drive with these beautiful passes and you know escaping the pocket and throwing off your back foot, perfect pass in tight coverage right over his shoulder. That stuff isn't happening. It's not happening. And so, again, all we need from love. And, he, and here's, here's the kicker. He has those intangibles. Right, that throw to Randall Cobb, which again wasn't really on on the dot, but escaping the pocket, which was clean, right? Because Rodgers is struggling with that now. His his legs aren't exactly where they used to be. He's kind of panicked now. His ability to just real calmly at the right time break the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and throw that ball off balance while he's throwing with real sharp velocity. That's pretty solid. But the point is, we don't really need that stuff. We need a guy that can stand confidently in the pocket, find the open guy, and throw it to him. Which is which is easier said than done, but if you can do that, you can run the offense. And again, Love has the intangibles to go beyond that. He's got more athleticism, he's got the velocity, he's got the accuracy. It's all there. It's just a matter of whether or not it's going to come out. Whether or not, you know, again, consistency is the big thing. It's always been Jordan Love's thing, and we saw, what, two drives? So... That's going to be the big question, but the the opposite perspective as far as Aaron Rodgers is, if Jordan Love isn't the guy that doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers is necessarily, we need a guy that can do what I described. And if he happens to be able to do all that extra stuff, great, 
but you don't need to to be able to be ahead of Rodgers because Rodgers isn't doing those magical things right now or, or possibly anymore, I don't know. So it's, it's, a, it's a really weird place where it's like we, we're, we're definitely overreacting to Jordan Love, right? It's not we're maybe over. We're definitely overreacting. Two drives. Calm down. But at the same time, the bar is actually quite low. We've seen this offense. It's not working. It's not looking good. It's disjointed and, and crappy, and it's not great. He doesn't have to continue doing what he did in order to prove that it, if he can do that 75% of the time, he's on par with what we've been doing all year. If he does that a lot of the time but occasionally misses a throw or occasionally doesn't see the open guy and occasionally throws a pick, he's Aaron Rodgers. But anyways, it looks like it's all for naught because Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are both making it sound like he's probably going to start against the Bears anyways, which is going to send people into an absolute frenzy. But he still has to check out and, and make sure everything's okay, and we'll see how it goes. But um, it may all be for naught. But anyways, before we get too far into the weeds, because I know Rodgers and Jordan Love is going to be the main topic of conversation, and that's kind of just where my head's spinning at right now. It's it's I'm excited, but that's overreaction. But at the same time, it, it's not, but it is, but it's not. But it doesn't matter because he's not playing anymore. But now what do we do? I, uh, I don't know what to do. I want to look at uh, PFF real quick, mostly for the stats, but also they've got a little recap. It's mostly about the Eagles because the Eagles won, so they talk more about the Eagles. But couple things. Very curious about Jordan Love's stats, grades, everything else, mostly because I want to compare it to what Justin Fields has done and be a complete D-bag. If he has, if he has a, I just want a 70 passing grade, that's it. I don't need anything more than that. Give me 70.0 because Fields doesn't have that once this year. Give, give me his, his one outing and he has a 70 passing grade. That's all I'm asking for. Please, please. Here are the couple comments, and this is kind of a nothing thing, but there's a little part that makes me smile. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers exited in the second half with an oblique injury, thrusting Jordan Love onto the field, and while Love played well enough and did everything right, Jalen Hurts and company were one step ahead for most of the night. The part I want to highlight, no, not the oblique injury. Love played well enough and did everything right. Is that uh, is that not literal? Probably not literal. Am I going to read it? Twice in a row and uh, highlight it and smile? Yes, I am. PFF said he was perfect. That's what I heard. Also, rookie spotlight, Packers edge rusher, uh, edge defender Kingsley Enigbari recorded a key tackle for loss early in the game, and wide receiver Christian Watson showed off his speed on a 52-yard catch-and-run touchdown. However, no rookie made a better play on Sunday night than blah, 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 blanket ship. It doesn't matter. Tell you what, why don't we actually take a break here? This is going to be a short episode because it's, it's after midnight and I'm tired. Um, but I want to look at the stats kind of on the other side of this, and then we'll probably just hang it up for the night because I'm, I'm having a hard time even processing my thoughts at this point in time. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, statistics. Ready? Here we go. Aaron Rodgers compared to Jordan Love. I know that's going to annoy people, but it is what it is. Aaron Rodgers was 11 of 16. See, this is surprising. <laughs> I would, I'm looking at it like, dude, it was only two drives, like it doesn't, you know, whatever. In three quarters, Rodgers was 11 of 16. Jordan Love was 6 of 9. Aaron Rodgers, 140 yards. Love, 113 yards. Yards per attempt, Rodgers 8.8, Love 12.6. Touchdowns, Rodgers 2, Jordan Love 1. Interceptions, Rodgers 2, Jordan Love 0. Longest, Aaron Rodgers 30 yards, Jordan Love 63 yards. Rodgers sacked 3 times, Jordan Love 0. Passer rating 95.8 for Rodgers, 146.8 for Jordan Love. Jalen Hurts, by the way, 96.3. Running backs, um, Aaron Jones, 12 Carries 43 yards, 3.6 yards per attempt, which is surprising. I'm, I'm always surprised to see that it's low. But again, I know that that has to do with a couple hits behind the line of scrimmage. It doesn't take much to really drop that average. But I thought Aaron Jones had a phenomenal night. A lot of it was through the air, too, that he did. A.J. Dillon had a really good night. Eight carries, 64 yards, eight yards per carry, including a touchdown. His longest carry was 20 yards. Jones was 10 yards. Receiving, lots to go around. Christian Watson was the star of the day, and and I tell you what, the guy has taken strides because he went from being the guy that, you know, he doesn't do much, but hey, he gets the touchdowns. You know, he's he's like MVS on on crack and steroids and, and all the other drugs. I don't know why drugs make it better, but it just does. But now he's our number one receiver, right? Most targeted, most receptions, most yards, uh, most yards per target. Most yards per reception, tied for most touchdowns, longest reception. He's got all that. Six targets, four receptions, 110 yards, 18.3 yards per target, 27.5 yards per reception, one touchdown, 63 yards was his longest. Um, after that, you got Jones and Dillon are our number, uh, are tied for number two with four targets and three receptions. Jones, however, 56 yards, Dillon 24. Jones added a touchdown. Randall Cobb, four targets, two receptions. Did have a rare drop, kind of a bad ball from Rodgers, but still uh, surprising to see Randall not catch that. But uh, 19 yards and a touchdown. Robert Tunyon, three targets, three receptions, 20 yards. Lazard, three targets, two receptions, 24 yards. Tyler Davis, one target, zero receptions. Defense. um, Tackles. Quay Walker, number one with 11. Probably had 15 misses. Sorry, that was rude. Rudy Ford, nine tackles, uh, tied with eight. This isn't in order, so I have to search. Adrian Amos with nine. Razul Douglas with eight. I'm guessing most of those tackles were in the end zone, right, Razul? Guy struggled. Sacks, uh, one. A half was credited to Jaron Reed and Preston Smith on that play. Tackles for a loss, two by Justin Hollins. He led the team in tackles for a loss. I'm guessing he didn't even play that much. Preston with one, and uh, Keyshawn Nixon with another. Forced fumble goes to Rudy Ford. That was a really big play. And then Quay Walker with the 63-yard return. Pass deflections, you've got uh, Jair and Kingsley and Igbare. Then you got special teams. Keyshawn Nixon, five kick returns, 172 yards, 34.4 average. 
He averaged 34.4 on five returns. 53 yards was his longest. That's really incredible. I'm going to have to spend some time and try to find out the best uh, we've had at the position. I just, I ever. <laughs> I'm sure there have been some good. I know we've had a couple good ones, but it's been a long time. Team statistics. Eagles uh, one time of possession, 35 minutes compared to 24. They ran 79 plays compared to our 49. 500 yards compared to 342. They won the turnover battle 2-1 to one and also outrushed us 363 yards compared to 106. Is another thing I want to look at on another day, not today, is uh, 363 yards on the ground. That's, um, well, actually, let me, let me look. Yeah, that is the most rushing yards given up this entire season. Uh, Tennessee ran for 314 against the Houston Texans. Otherwise, it's down to 281, uh, which is obviously a pretty massive drive. It's it's 100 yards more than the third most rushing yards given up this season. 7.4 yards per carry on 49 carries. Terrible. 29 first downs compared to our 19. Third downs, we were 1 of 7, which is 14%. They were 8 of 15 53%. Fourth down, we were 100%. They were 2 of 3, 67%. Red zone, we were 50%, 2 of 4. They were 4 of 5, 80%. But uh, Ross Uglum tweeted this out uh, as a nice little addition to the stats conversation. Christian Watson's first three games, healthy as a real part of the offense, 12 receptions, 262 yards, and six touchdowns. As a 17-game season, that would account for 68 receptions, 1,485 yards, and 34 touchdowns. Just going to rip through a couple things here. Uh, Christian Watson asked about the pass from Jordan Love. He says it was perfect. Obviously, me wanting to utilize that speed, and then obviously him thinking about that when he's throwing the ball. I think it was a perfect pass, perfect opportunity for me to catch it and run and get some yards after the catch. Aaron Rodgers, as I've already mentioned, but his quote was, as long as we're mathematically alive, I'd like to be out there. There's obviously a lot of other conversations that come into play once you're eliminated, and I'll be open to those conversations. Aaron Rodgers talking about Christian Watson says he's totally transformed himself into a super reliable big play threat. little clarification as the information comes in about the quote-unquote oblique injury. Aaron Rodgers says it's a rib injury, not an oblique injury, and says one of the reasons he wanted to get an x-ray was concern for a possible punctured lung. Say the pain of the rib injury was just too much, still in pain, says the thumb is fine. He says, I couldn't really breathe and couldn't really rotate my body. Rodgers expects to play next week in Chicago, quote, as there's no major structural damage. He says specifically, as long as I check out tomorrow, so as of today, listening to this podcast, uh, we should have some kind of an answer on uh, how he, quote-unquote, checks out. A couple other quick points that I wanted to mention. Number one, the Packers officially, right now, thanks to some help from other teams winning, have a top 10 pick in the draft. Now, we'll see how things pan out. If we beat the Bears and a bunch of other teams, that won't be the case. And as I said, I expect to be middle of the pack. I do expect to beat some teams, the Bears and a few others. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but that that is sort of where I think we're going to be. But... For those that are interested, we officially do have a top 10 pick. The second thing is there's now a lot of conversation about defensive coordinator, which gets to be exciting, right? Because there are some real stud defensive minds that are out there. And, and you know, let's be honest. I, I wanted to give Joe Barry the benefit of the doubt. His record was terrible, but 
You know, sometimes the record doesn't necessarily mean anything. There are some stud defensive coordinators out there, and um, Barry wasn't one of them, and I had already proved that he wasn't one of them. One of the biggest names that's out there right now is a guy that we tried to hire before, Jim Leonard, who shot us down. He was number one on our list. Now, the reason that's interesting, because you'd say, well, why would he take the job now? For those that don't know, he was the interim head coach for the Badgers. He, and, he, and he's a Badger through and through. He wants to be with the Badgers. He wants, he, he loves what he does there. This was a great opportunity for him to potentially be the next head coach of the Badgers. They decided not to go that way, and they decided instead to hire uh, Fickle, I think is his name, who is the co- head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, which is a really, really solid program, especially when you look at defense. Now, I don't know exactly what that means for Jim Leonard. I don't know if if the plan is to keep him on or if Fickle's going to want to get his own staff in there and, and maybe Leonard will be out of a job. But either way, he may be more receptive, even if they want to keep him on as a defensive coordinator, now that he knows he's not getting that job and has been shot down for that job and, and you know, it, it changes things. Maybe if the Packers reach out, he might be interested. Now, could that happen this year? I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. In my mind, those things just don't happen. Joe Barry isn't going to get fired midseason, and they probably wouldn't hire somebody midseason to come in and try to do all this stuff. That wouldn't make any sense. Unless there was some kind of a sense of urgency. Let's just say, for example, the Packers know that they're going to be moving on. And so they reach out to uh, Jim and they just ask him, like, hey, you know, I know this is... Uh, you go. You you got a lot to sort through right now, and you got a lot going on. I I was just curious. Wanted to get your temperature real quick on some things. And he says, "Yeah, I'm I'm ready to move on, but I'm I'm getting a lot of offers." And the Packers are like, and they 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 want to make an aggressive offer today to make sure that they get him. Would they do that? Would they pull the trigger on that, or would they say, "No, that's just not how we do things." Best of luck with your new endeavors, getting a job somewhere else, because it's very possible Jim Leonard could get a head coaching job somewhere very soon. In, in, in the college ranks, if that's what he wants to do, especially if he's about to get fired. I have no idea what's going to happen there. But if he gets fired, he, he will very likely be a head coach somewhere within the college football ranks. And if not that, he will be hired as a probably defensive coordinator in the NFL. Would the Packers be willing to make an aggressive offer? That is to say, we can have you here this weekend. Now, it's a tough thing to do because Jim doesn't know what's going on and he can't implement a new scheme and all that stuff. But could call him, for example, the interim head coach or, or interim defensive coordinator. Again, I understand this is not going to happen. I'm just trying to think out loud. Would you not pull the trigger on that? Or or anybody, if it's not Jim Leonard. There was Jero Evero, who um, apparently was in contention for the job, and Matt LaFleur decided to go with Joe Barry instead, probably because he's worked with Joe Barry before instead of the more promising... Evero, who went on to do good things, you know, if that staff gets fired, how quickly can you be on the phone trying to get that person? Because these guys, there are guys that are going to be available that um, you're going to want to make sure are here. And um, you're in a rare position to be able to offer something that a lot of teams can't, which is, I'll give you the job right now. <laughs> you want it? I'll get, I'll get you on a plane today. 
But either way, I, I, I genuinely do think, I, I thought for a while that Barry was probably going to be back next year, but but things have devolved to such a horrific level. I don't see any possibility that he comes back next year. So that becomes another thing that we get to do. We get to compile lists of defensive coordinators we like, and hopefully it's not another name like Joe Barry that Matt LaFleur worked with and his friends with and is like, hey, I know a guy that runs the system we want. Let me call up my buddy Joe. He'll be over here uh, in no time. But I'll tell you what, maybe, final parting thoughts. Maybe Joe Barry did us a favor. Let's just assume we learned today that Jordan Love is the real deal. Let's assume that this offense with Christian Watson and the offensive line and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and, again, Watson and a lot of these pieces, the offense is legit. They have the ability, again, scoring 30 points twice in the last two weeks, they, they have the ability to put some, some teams away and to win a bunch of games. But with the season kind of in the tank, all I really want to know is that it's a thing. I just want to know it. We don't need to win. And so we essentially saw everything we needed to see, and as good as it was, Joe Barry made sure to compensate in the opposite direction. So it's like, dang, this offense is going to score 30. I'll do my best, but I can't promise we're going to give up more than that. But he did his part, and he made sure that we didn't win the game. And so we can simultaneously have a good football team and a high draft pick, which is a hard thing to do. You need a really, really bad defensive coordinator. But thanks to Joe Barry, we might be able to pull it off. Anyways, these are crazy times, man. And, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff to sort through right now. Um, the defense, defensive coordinators, the players, the roster, the quarterback, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, now thoughts on Jordan Love, thoughts on Matt LaFleur, thoughts on everything. Is, is Rodgers going to play, you know? Um, lots lots to parse through, but we'll, we'll deal with that at a later time. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.